Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Steven Jodderand. Joining me today, as always, is Jake Watroba and Armand Kafai. And on today's episode, talk about the product of sports, as well as Saturday's recap in Major League Soccer. Now, listeners, if you haven't done so, hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and follow us at Uncle Sam's Soccer Pod. Send in your thoughts and comments. We love it. Fellas, how we doing? Welcome, welcome. Gang's back together. It's been several episodes since. Lots, lots going on, huh? Yeah, I mean, lots of go, lots going on in MLS. Lots going on in uh, life. Lots going on uh, across sports. I mean, uh, it's it's been a whirlwind of a a couple of weeks, to be honest with you. I Come know. on, you were at the Hall of Fame for something. What was that all? Yeah, about? it was the, it, it was the induction ceremony. So they inducted uh, some people into the Hall of Fame. Uh, it was uh, Abby Wambach and Sunil Gulati. I just want to say something. Uh, I didn't realize this, but uh, Sunil is actually a very good like speaker. Like, obviously, he's an academic. But one thing him and Wambach or mentioned was that they really hope Cordero can uh, establish a relationship like uh, he had with uh, the women's national team. And I can see why, because Sunil is such a personable guy, and Cordero is just kind of this awkward guy like really a businessman but Sunil really can relate like I don't know man I was, I was really intrigued by the way he was speaking to people one thing I thought was interesting that Armand brought up last night was the little uh the little snippet or the the, the curtain Sunil Gulati pulled back last night when talking about U.S. soccer and MLS Armand do you want to touch on that real quick yeah, I mean, he said, yeah, I don't think my lawyers want me to say this, but, like, we've been great partners in growing the game. And I was like, oh. Uh, and it, I was like, NASL furiously is writing some notes right now. Like, hmm, like, can we win this lawsuit now or what? I don't know. I, that's, but, that was on the record, right? Yeah, 100% on the record. You can literally go find it. On it is YouTube. now. It's, it's it's on the record yikes, now. Yikes, <laughs> yikes. I think everybody knew at soccer was like, Oh no, we were at the finish line and you said those words. Now, if the conspiracists out there in the world of US soccer have any ammunition, here you go, right? For real, there you go. Like, take it. Tinfoil Ted, he's off and running. Tinfoil Ted is off and running. But, uh, guys, we're in a busy time regarding sports. NHL hockey preseason. NBA's around the corner. You got NFL, college football, Major League Soccer, leagues across the world kicking off. Champions League is back. And it it raises an interesting question. Watching sports, the product on the field matters. And in some sports leagues, and just generally speaking, some sports, it seems like it's falling apart. For example, we think that the NFL, at least you two, have said this before, is slowing down and we might see a decline or we will see a decline. So, if we were to rank our top sports right now outside of the playoffs, nothing regarding the playoffs, what are they? Because I think 
it it really has changed in the last I would say seven eight years. Look to rank the top three sports that I would watch. Uh, I mean, for me, it always used to be football. Uh, like when I was younger, especially. But now, I mean, I've kind of flipped with my, I guess, my attention spans and stuff like that. I'm more of a soccer, basketball, football, in that order kind of guy in terms of, you know, watchability. That again, soccer, basketball, and football. Armand, why? Uh, why, though? Because this is a critical point I think you're going to touch on. Uh, soccer, you just know that you can designate two hours of your time and boom, you're done. Unless it's like a playoff game or a game that requires extra time. It's like, boom, you're done. Uh, NBA, it's it's a little bit less than than NFL, but there's a lot more like there's action, there's action moments, boom bust plays. And NFL, I mean, look, football to me is fun, but after comparing it to watching a soccer, like after I watched, I don't know how many games in the 2018 World Cup, but then I went back and watched some college football, like uh, when college football started last year, and I struggled to watch a game because of how long and how lengthy in the commercials, and you have to designate four hours of your time. It's just, you can watch two soccer games in that time. It's crazy to me. Jake, you're the resident American. You saw football at the top of your list. Yeah, it's in, it, it, it's ingrained in the the sporting culture, I think. Then why do you think it's going to decline? I think it's going to decline just because you have parents today that are aware of the injuries and the the, the brain injuries their children could um, they could suffer playing in, in a sport like football. And I think eventually the talent pool will drop off to the point where we're going, ah, this isn't as good as it was 20 years ago. But then again, we're always saying – you always have the uh, the old guys saying this just isn't as good as it was 20 years ago. You look at you talk about the NBA. You have people idiots who will talk about how great the 80s were. It's like, oh yeah, it was really great watching the Pistons win 85 to you know 74 over the Chicago Bulls. That was fun. It's but needless to say, there's a FOMO. There's a FOMO with football. It's a fear of missing out. It's water cooler talk. You go to work. Hey, did you see the game last night? You watch the the Vikings. Hey, did you watch the Patriots? Hey, you want the Cowboys? What'd you think about that play? That ref, what a dumb decision. You don't get that with basketball. You don't get that with soccer, whether it's the, especially soccer, whether it's the Premier League or MLS or, or wherever. Just with football, I feel like any game too, even if it's a Monday night game where your favorite team's not playing, you still are going to go to work the next morning and there's going to be one guy that's going to say, hey, did you see that game? What did you think about that? Well, how'd your fantasy team do? It's just, there's so many players to the NFL in this country and, and, and when I say football I mean I mean the NFL I don't mean college football college football I think is tough to watch a, a lot of the time but the NFL yes there are bad, bad NFL games you can watch any Miami Dolphins game this year it's going to be awful <laughs> but there are so many there's so many layers to the NFL in this country like like you said I mean there's the there's the Sunday build-up you you have your fantasy team Ah, yeah. no, fantasy sports has ruined football for me. Absolutely I think, I ruined no, it. No, I think I agree. that that's I agree. why – no, no, no. I think that is why the NFL has taken off so much is because of fantasy nah, football. Not really. It's going to it's gonna haunt them back. Okay, but moving on. So, Jake, pro football, then you have what, soccer? Pro football, soccer, basketball. Okay, so I'm at soccer, pro football, not college, then basketball. But if we were to rank sports leagues, I have the Premier League – Surprisingly, MLS, Champions League, yes, it's a tournament, but I think it's more entertaining than the NFL. 
I honestly, outside of the New England Patriots, I know everything that's going on in the NFL because I read, I get the updates, but I cannot watch Dallas Cowboys play the Denver Broncos. Nope, I couldn't do it. I simply can't do it. It's it's too long of a game. It's too stop and go. Flags left and right. It's outrageous. It's annoying. And here's the entire point to why we're talking about this, listeners. And it's this. MLS is rumored to be chasing Lionel Messi, one of the all-time greats, if not the greatest. If he were to come to Major League Soccer, it would be an absolute game changer because right now, in every sport... Outside of soccer, there is a problem with the pace of play. Basketball has cut down on the amount of timeouts trying to get the game to shorten up. Baseball is hella slow. We know that. But college football, four hours, I don't have that time. The NFL, I don't have time to watch third-string quarterbacks go up against the GOAT. I just simply don't have that time. Everyone knows the result. But man, if Major League Soccer can get it right and get some superstars... Two-hour windows on a Saturday, Friday night. It's a lot easier to give up that time than spend four hours from 11 o'clock in the morning to about 3 in the afternoon watching college football for one game. I 100% agree that MLS can potentially fill that gap. But, I mean, to rank minor leagues, I mean, NFL, NBA, and and then MLS. And I think MLS can climb up that ladder. I mean, in terms of the leagues and just the way, you know, the entertainment value. I mean, I have to go to NFL. Uh, I, I think the entertainment value is there. And they've tried to figure out ways to, you know, get around the length of the games, right? Red zone. I mean, I can have that on the background right now. I watch games and boom, touchdown, boom, touchdown, boom, touchdown, boom, touchdown. Instead of, and if I want to watch my fantasy team, that, that's what I'd watch. But you're right. The pace of play is just, it's just bizarre to me how I, I don't get, like, some people can really sit through and do that. They can spend their entire uh, entire time watching college football. I, I really can't do that, though. But, but like, th- I, I, this is... We've been talking about the pace of play problem for a while. I mean, it has absolutely ruined my ability to watch football outside of the New England Patriots. I don't know, Jake. You, you still rank the NFL and pro football ahead here in America, but would it change for you if you had Messi, Ronaldo come to, to the league? in Major League Soccer, and then have that come on? Yes. I mean, if the quality on the field was elevated, of course, that would it would change it. You know, you're watching the best, if not one of the best leagues in the world with marketable stars uh, instead of just, you know, some of these D-list soccer players. And then you have the resident old guy that used to be really good in Europe on the team. Yeah, I, I think Messi and Ronaldo would, would definitely pique my interest a lot more in MLS. Not to say I'm not interested in MLS. I just think there's a lot more the league could do. The reason why the NFL is ranked so much higher on my list than soccer and the NBA is just how many different layers there are to why you would be interested in the NFL that soccer and the NBA can't offer right now. The fantasy team. That, that's that's why that's why I watch. I'm gonna watch probably you know the Seahawks play the Saints later today. I don't care about that, but hey, fantasy purposes, I gotta care about it. So I'm gonna watch it. All right. Well, it's interesting. A lot of crisscrossing ownerships between the NFL and MLS. What type of pushback will those non-MLS NFL owners push on the NFL MLS owners regarding the state of MLS and the growth of that league? I wonder if that will come into conflict. We'll see.
Messi, if he makes that trip over the Atlantic, it will be a massive game changer to the sporting structure here in America. And Jake, I'm waiting for my apology letter regarding Beckham's impact versus Messi's impact, which is bigger. You changed your mind. All right. Let me get my my paper out here. Dear Stephen Jodoran, you were right. I apologize. Thank David you. Beckham Thank you. is the most important figure in Major League Soccer history if he is able to land Lionel Messi at Inter-Miami. You're wow. right. Great. You're right. Great. Thank I apologize. You. Thank you. That, see? See? It's not that hard. It's not that hard to admit here on the show when we're wrong about things. Listeners, you can do the same thing regarding the U.S. men's national team. And all the players and all the teams you've criticized, you can do it. It's okay. Sometimes we get things wrong. Anyway, Saturday, MLS. Some interesting action going on. We're going to divide this up. We'll talk today on today's show strictly about Saturday's games. Come back later this week. We'll have something regarding Sunday's games. Jake, give me the the talking points from Saturday. Uh, we We had a few talking points on Saturday, Steve. And uh, let's start with Carlos Vela. He secured a point as he converted a late penalty kick in the 95th minute to draw Toronto 1-1 at home. LAFC has gone 0-1-4 in their last five matches, only getting four points from 15. Let's move to the Eastern Conference as the New England Revolution draw Real Salt Lake. Nil, nil. They sit three points above the Chicago Fire for the final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. The Rebs, however, do have a game in hand. Let's go back to the Western Conference. How about them, LA Galaxy? As they pick up a much-needed three points as Latan Ibrahimovic scores the opening goal and assisting on Uriel Antuna's game winner in a 2-1 victory over the Montreal Impact. With the win, the Galaxy moved to third in a tight Western Conference where seven teams are fighting for the final six postseason spots. Now, as I read this, or as I'm talking about this, rather, we are recording this before the Minnesota United-Portland Timber match on Sunday afternoon. So the Galaxy, before that match, sit in third place. A much-needed three points for the Galaxy. And last, Joseph Martinez was carried off the field in the second half of Atlanta's 3-1 win over the San Jose Earthquakes. Listeners, question of the day at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Who is the biggest winner from Saturday regarding the playoffs? Armand, let's start with you. Oof, man. Biggest winner? I mean, absolutely Galaxy. Uh, I mean, look, guys, uh, they're a team that's proving, hey, look, that we like we want we want we want to play in the playoffs, plain and simple. It was a nice gutty win over good old Mon- the Montreal Impact. But at the same time, you look at their standings. I mean, weren't we talking about them like potentially missing the playoffs at one point? And now they're flavor uh, of the four week points up. Flavor yep. of the week. What's the Galaxy yep. this week? Yep. And there are four po- now there are four points ahead of FC Dallas in the seventh spot. So and they also will have one game in hand by the time this episode is out. And look, that's that's good. That's solid. 
the key thing is, if you look, remember the first tiebreaker in MLS? It's wins. It's not goal difference. It's wins. Galaxy currently are second in the Western Conference in wins behind LAFC with 15. If they're tied up with a team, they have that tiebreaker, and that's huge. Um, looking ahead, their schedule is soft. And if they continue to win out, I think they'll be fine. I think MLS will breathe a huge sigh of relief. I think the Galaxy, huge result. And they're kind of beginning to ride on that high. They had that huge win over SKC, that 7-2 win. They come out, they defeat the Impact 2-1. I don't know. I'm I'm feeling the Galaxy, guys. That's my flavor of the week. You know who won, Jake? Major League Soccer won on Saturday. Toronto, D.C. United, New York Red Bulls all clinched playoff spots. That's exactly who the league wants in the playoffs. Toronto, big market, north of the border, American stars in Michael Bradley and Josie Altador. New York Red Bulls, a, a storied franchise in Major League Soccer, right? You need them. You need the New York market in the playoffs. D.C. United, Wayne Rooney. Will they win MLS Cup? Probably not. But Rooney's on his way back to England. You might as well want them in the playoffs because Audi Field is a fun place during the playoffs. We saw it last year. Maybe they make a little bit of noise and make some sort of run in the Eastern Conference. The MLS won, and that's that's big. And I, I, Armand, I agree. The Galaxy, big three points. Not necessarily it's against who they played, but just the fact that they have some cushion now. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic, guys, the Golden Boot... He's right there in in contention. Remember how Carlos Vela was miles above everybody? Carlos Vela has 29 goals. Slatan Ibrahimovic has 27, just two behind him. My god. It's it's going to be a fun finish. LA Galaxy versus LAFC. Boy, do you want them in the playoffs playing against each other? Boy, you want Carlos Vela versus Ibrahimovic? to go after this golden boot because my goodness that's this is fun this is exactly what mls dreamt of before the season and for me my biggest winner saturday is every team chasing the seattle sounders the sounders drew to fc dallas earlier in the week nil nil and now because of that there the separation between two through eight in the western conference is only seven points with minnesota and Portland still to play before we, re- we record this. A Minnesota United win later this afternoon could propel them to second in the West. And that just shows you how clumped together everything is in the Western Conference guys, two through eight. Guys, in the Eastern Conference, six out of the seven teams have clinched playoff spots. In the Western Conference, one. One team has clinched in the West. So mathematically, it's possible that the Sounders, the Galaxy, Minnesota, RSL, the Earthquakes, Dallas, and Portland all could miss the playoffs. Yes, we are recording this before Sunday's games. However, that that's that's sexy. That's juicy. Every game, every point, every goal that goes in matters. It's going to make for a fun decision day, guys. I'll tell you that. I mean, looking at the standings, I mean... <laughs> What I mean, Stephen mentioned it. Six points separate two through seven right now. I mean, I guess we can forget about uh, SKC. I think they're done. I think we all uh, can agree they're done. We don't have to worry about them anymore. Uh, but I mean, looking, I mean, it's all going to be for placement. And remember how the playoff structure is now emphasizing, hey, look, you need to uh, win to get that home game. 
And home and home field advantage in MLS, we know, is so important, especially in you know this Western Conference. You look at it; that's going to be the deciding factor. Half these teams, it's kind of a coin flip. We see FC Dallas, Minnesota United play; it's a coin flip. RSL, Minnesota United play; coin flip. San Jose uh, and the Galaxy sometimes it's a coin flip. And look, these are all th- things where home field matters. And plain and simply, it's going to be a dog fight. And I'm excited. I'm honestly really excited for Decision Day, guys. I, I think it, it's going to be really fun. And my favorite thing of all this is the chaos the Rapids are causing. I don't know about you guys, but the Rapids beating like half these teams and destroying their playoff lives to me is hilarious. I, I find it hilarious. Kai Kamar bike last night. And they're they're looking revised with Robin Frazier. I mean, to be honest, I kind of look to see if they could make the playoffs. There's no way. But they're making a valiant last-second run. Uh to like even be like considered in the picture, considering how bad they were uh, earlier this year. There is less of a gap between two to nine than there is one to two in the Western Conference, and that is with LAFC dropping eleven points out of the last five games. All right, let, let's turn the page. Let's get to the losers from from Saturday. Jake, biggest loser. Biggest loser for me. The Chicago Fire. The Fire, entering Saturday, were only three points behind the New England Revolution for the final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. The New England Revolution drew RSL at home nil-nil, which left the, I don't want to say the door wide open for the Fire, but provided the Fire an excellent opportunity to, to, to cut into that three-point deficit they were staring down. And the Fire... Went out of, not with uh, the, the best opportunity you possibly could have to eat into someone's deficit. They have to play the FC Cincinnati, arguably the worst team to ever play in MLS. And what do the Fire do? They draw nil-nil to FC Cincinnati. Somehow the Chicago Fire could not find a goal against FC Cincinnati. How is that? possible let's 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 look here how many goals has fc cincinnati given up this year let's see 74 and you the chicago fire somehow managed to not find a goal to get three points in that game the chicago fire are my biggest losers from saturday last week you had joseph lowry on the show talking about whether or not we should have any type of concern regarding lafc well against Toronto on Saturday, he had to score late to draw Toronto. They've only picked up four points from a potential 15 in their last five games. Sure, they they were setting all types of records, but this performance at home against Toronto should somewhat be a little bit more concerning now because Toronto is not a team... Here's my apology letter to Toronto. I was wrong about them. I thought they wouldn't make the playoffs. But here they are. They can make some noise in the East because why? They have the experience to do so. But Armand, let me ask you about LAFC. The performance against Toronto, there should be a little bit more concern than there was last week. 100%. I 100% agree with you, Steve. And I watched the game after coming back from the Hall of Fame. And man, they... they they they're they're lacking something. I don't know if it's a lack of a true forward because Diomande now is uh 
thoughts are with Tim as he enters a substance abuse recovery. We don't know from what or what it is, but uh, he's, he voluntarily entered the system, um, the program. So now they don't have a true forward anymore. Uh, it's now a lineup of Rossi, Vela, and Brian Rodriguez. And I don't know what it is, Stephen, but watching them play, they just couldn't get like that many opportunities. Like it was just they you were know what getting it is? there. You know what it is? They couldn't it's, get to the final third. It's the midfield. It, Toronto put so much pressure on the midfield. Not letting them dictate the game like they normally do. And this exact same way Galaxy were able to beat LAFC. That midfield is critical to the way LAFC plays. And if you're able, if you're able to get to that midfield and pressure them tight and not letting them run around and dictate the pace of play and dictate the flow of the game. Oh boy, LAFC can be beaten. No, and the, the the thing is, like, they should have lost. So, like, this is why I'm going to say my biggest loser is Toronto FC. They could have got more of a grasp on that four on that four spot and, and you know, had that home playoff game. But now, they they it's such a dumb penalty from Mavinga. He just kicks kicks a Latif Blessing in the chest. <laughs> what is he like, doing? It's just such there? a dumb penalty. That, oh my god! Was, in the in, just, in, in in the dying moments of the game, what are you doing? It there? was so dumb. It was you I know, couldn't believe it. Can I cut? You know what killed me about that entire situation there is the fact that that wasn't immediately called a penalty. That they were just like that's the, the uh, I believe it was Ted Uncle. Ted Uncle ref, baby. just points the flag. Goes that's a corner kick. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can tell from my couch <laughs> that was a penalty, and he had to go kick right he, in the chest. <laughs> kick in the chest, and he goes corner kick, and then he has to go to VAR. How that just illustrates how awful that was. The fastest VAR is. I've seen. He literally went there, took a look, like yeah, oops, and just went right back. It was so bad. I couldn't believe it. He just kicked him in the chest. The, of all the things. Oh, uh, Armand, regarding LAFC, are they able to flip that switch like we think they're going to be able to do in the playoffs? I don't know, man. I'm starting to, get a little, I'm starting to ask a little bit of questions. I mean, the loss of Diamande is huge. Oh, I he's that's the my... third leading goal scorer on the team. It's huge because I think it's mainly because of roles. Like he gives a defined role to like Avella and 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 a Rossi. Now you have like Brian Rodriguez, who I feel like likes to drift a little bit. You have Vela, who likes to drift. You have Rossi likes to drift. So you have a really you have a two fluid front three. And you talk about that midfield being so important. If they're shut down, they can't get service from like an Atuesta or Mark Anthony K or Latif Blessing. I mean, like I said, Toronto is a big loser because they should have gotten all three points that game. They should have, like no question. And then Mavinga just kicked him in the chest. I was like, come on, man. They could have got a grasp on that four spot. And now they open up the door for DC to, you know, jump back in and get to home. And we all know how important home games are in the MS playoffs. That's, that's going to be one. Especially the new it's format. Like, mm-hmm. Yep, they're going to look back and be like, mm, we really messed that one up, Chief. <laughs> anyway, listeners, question of the day. Who is the biggest winner from Saturday? regarding the playoffs. Might as well include who is the biggest loser from Saturday regarding the playoffs at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. You heard our thoughts at Armand Fai, at Jake Wotoba, at Steven Joderant. We'll be back later this week with another episode talking about Sunday's games. Just not too sure when that will drop, so just be on the lookout. Hit that update on the feed every morning. Who knows, you might have a little present, new episode from your favorite soccer podcast. Leave a five-star review. Tell your friends about it. Hit the subscribe button. Until next time.